0: first sheet um, that we're going to talk about here in a second. But first, um, kind of just to get rolling for this, this session before we take your questions, I, I kind of just want to give you guys five key thoughts on practice. Because again, I think this is the hardest thing for us. So five kind of key thoughts uh, really quick. And um, from there, uh, we're going to kind of talk about nine practices or disciplines. So again, kind of like how I was saying, spiritual formation and discipleship to me are the same word. Uh, Practices and spiritual disciplines to me are the same word, uh, if that makes sense. So I might say discipline, I might say practice. I mean the same thing when I say that. Um, Also, we've had you guys write down a lot of stuff today uh, and that was on purpose because um, you know science tells us when you write something down, it codes it into your memory faster and more solid uh, than it does if you type it or just try to remember it. Um, So the first one um, is gonna be, the Holy Spirit is at the center of formation, not you. Holy Spirit's at the center of formation, not you. And I know for me, that was something that when I was first hearing about this, I was like, whoa, like this sounds like a lot of like self-effort. It sounds like um, salvation through works. And it's really important for me to emphasize, this is not working towards your, to earn your salvation. This is working from your salvation. This is working based off what the Holy Spirit is doing within us. So there is a responsibility in your life that you have to take action when it comes to your spiritual formation. All right, you have a partnership with God in your spiritual formation. Now, it's not a 50-50 partnership. It's probably something closer to like 90-10, 95-5, 90% the Holy Spirit, 10% you. Those numbers are arbitrary, but you get the point. It is the majority of the Holy Spirit. But to say, I have no responsibility in my spiritual formation that doesn't mean that you can just go home and sit on the couch and keep doing whatever. And then the next day, you know, you're going to wake up on a trajectory to become like Jesus of Nazareth. That's not the way it works, right? So, Mark, do you have any?
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's good. Dallas Willard, he says that, uh, that grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. And er- earning is an attitude. And effort is something that God calls us to, to, to employ, effort. He-, he says, come on, do this. Do this with me and I'll help you do what you can. So that's good.
0: Number two, there are no silver bullets, spiritual formation. So I think the temptation is, is when we start talking about spiritual disciplines, is we just think, man, if I just start doing this, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be the ticket, or this is almost like, you know, magic, uh, so to say. Uh, And that's not true. Um, There's no silver bullet uh, towards it. It It's a combination of living the life uh, of Jesus and the way of Jesus and his truth uh, in our lives. So, Again, the point of, you know, say fasting, for example, is not to say, man, I fasted twice this month. Like, the point of fasting is to help us become more like Jesus. It is a means to an end. And you can think about any spiritual discipline that way, they are all a means to an end, Mm -hmm. um, not the goal themselves.
1: Right, yeah, like, so, and and I know a lot of what we've talked about so far, we haven't dug into the idea of spiritual disciplines or practice yet, but we've been trying, we're we're trying to expose you to an overall discipleship plan. So, for instance, when I talked about affirming each other, it's not just putting more willpower into affirming each other. It might be something like, now, we're not going to bring up this practice in particular, but you, know, you see in the New Testament, Paul saying, whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable, think about these things. Over and over again, we're told to give thanks to the Lord. In, in modern language, they call it a gratitude practice. But that, that could be a spiritual discipline in your life. If you have a hard time affirming people, noticing good things in them, you might need to employ the practice of once a day, writing down three things uniquely every day that you are grateful for, so you become a person who is better at noticing good things. You see what I'm saying? So like, like, like what David, David's saying, it's not the end goal to have a gratitude practice. The, the end goal is to be someone who is more like Jesus someone who has Christ-like character, someone who lives the way that the Bible said we should live. And so employing something like a gratitude practice could be a way to train as opposed to try. Does that make sense? A few of you maybe? Okay.
0: That's good. Third one, start where you are, not where you think you should be. Start where you are, not where you think you should be. So when we're talking about prayer, uh, you know, if you're a, a high achiever type, if you're Enneagram one, Enneagram three, type A personality, you're what, whatever those letters are on Myers-Briggs. I don't know Myers-Briggs <laughs> is good. as yeah. everyone else. You might be thinking, man, I, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to spend 60 full minutes in prayer. And that's how it's going to start. And then you get two minutes in and you're like, wow, this is the longest two minutes of my, life. <laughs> you know, I can't do it. You, you got to start where you are not where you think you should be. You know, if, um, 30 minutes sounds like it's so just otherworld you know that's like a beyond stretch goal for me you know start where you are start with one minute start with one minute uh, when you wake up um, we're gonna talk about se- spending time in solitude and silence you know start with uh, you know first thing when you wake up don't go for your phone don't go for the TV remote to turn on the morning news don't don't go for anything just spend the first 10 minutes just in a, in a in a posture of silence and solitude to, to be with Jesus. Uh, often in the gospels, you will see the phrase Jesus retreated to the wilderness. Now the Greek phrasing right there, you could also translate that Jesus retreated to the lonely place, or he retreated to be alone, uh, in that. I'm just saying if Jesus retreated to be alone, we probably need that yeah, <laughs> as much as he did. So start where you are, not where you think you should be. That's good. Um, Fourth one, these are suggestions, not legalism. Man, our hearts are prone to legalism. And this has been really, if I can share with you guys, in in my journey, and I'm by no means an expert of of practicing spiritual disciplines, but in my journey and implementing them into my discipleship, um, we'll take Sabbath, for instance. So my wife and I, part of our Sabbath rhythm is every Saturday, um, we turn our phones like completely off from Friday night uh, at dinner. And we don't turn them back on until after lunchtime on Saturday. Um, And that is part of us um, unplugging um, from that. Another part of our Sabbath rhythm is on Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, we don't look at our work-connected emails because we are resting um, from work. Uh, And that, when you talk about Sabbath, sometimes people are like, gosh, you're so lazy. And I'm like, no, like, you have six days to work. You got one day to focus on resting and delighting in worship. And it's not just so that you can say you practice Sabbath. It's so you can do a better job loving God and in your, in your neighbor the other six days of the week. So my problem that I had with Sabbath was um, I would start thinking of all the things that, like, I consider work. So, like, the, dish, the dishwasher would be there. And I'd be like, I'm not going to touch that because that's work or whatever. <laughs> and then we would just, we would just leave it. Um, or I would be like, oh, I'm not going to go do this because that's work. And I was like, dang it, I'm literally doing the thing that Jesus <laughs> told the Pharisees. Yeah, not to do in there by creating more rules around it. So again, like these, these are tools, they're not rules, but there are things that we can do. There are these kind of self-imposed invitations that we can put on ourselves that, Mm -hmm. that help create that. And that's just specifically around Sabbath. You got any? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's good. And I think that this is something that, you know, I think we have to constantly be evaluating. You know, there, there are a number of practices that, that I've tried to introduce into my life to, to train, to be more like Jesus. And then, yeah, and then I fall off of it. And then I, then, i have a temptation you know with this legalistic way of thinking to think that it, i just failed at it as opposed to realizing that there's a process introducing these things the idea is not that like david said that i have this pristine you know you know i checked off a perfect sabbath day or or my or, or, or I fasted exactly the amount of time that I, I was supposed to fast. That's not the goal. The goal is not those things. The goal is these are, these are ways in which, you know, fasting is interesting. It can be, among other things, a way to just practice telling yourself no when you want something. It actually can help. Fasting can help you with your, your pornography addiction, actually, because when, you, when, you, when you're drawn in and, you, and that urge is there, In the moment when the temptation is really strong, it's hard to say no. But if you can practice telling yourself no sometimes when it's not a sin problem, when it's not some sort of heavy temptation, it's like, I'm just hungry. That's a way to, like Paul said, beat your body into submission. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Um, Last one here. Uh, This is not just spiritual wellness. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy to turn the disciplines into a lot of like what culture, you know, kind of adopts this, you know, I have a habit of drinking five bottles of water a day and I want to try to uh, drink, you know, green tea or chamomile tea or something like that. And it's overall, this is just making me a, a healthier, you know, more well, so to say, person. And I think it's easy um, sometimes to just fall into like, you know, these disciplines are like almost like hobbies where I'm trying to live like a a better life of wellness. And that's not to say that they don't reap those kind of benefits. But again, just like Mark is saying, the point is, is these things are a means to an end. They help us become more like Jesus. They help us, yes, become spiritually formed, but the biggest part of being spiritually formed is so that you can love your neighbor better. Right so that we can continue to see the kingdom of God expand so that we can continue to see evangelism and all those other things. I mean, a kingdom of God expanding and evangelism to me are one and the same. Right. Um, but that's, that's the goal. It's not, just, it's not just wellness. Our goal is formation to be more like Jesus to in turn see the kingdom. Uh, be spread.
1: Right. Yeah. We, we, the, the, the purpose of spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines is to become the kind of person who can naturally want to do the right thing. That's, that's the idea. The idea is that at some point you want to do the right thing. It, it, and it's not, just, it's not just like, I wish I could do the right thing more often, because we probably all want to do the right thing in general. But there's a part of you that sometimes when temptation arises, you why do you wants to do the wrong thing? How do we change that that 's the idea. A spiritual discipline is something that little by little makes it so you naturally you don 't have to put an effort to do these right things more and more and and now th- going going to church on Sunday, worship you know study there's a number of spiritual disciplines, and these things are a little brief history of the the, the spiritual disciplines in Christianity. It's just looking at the way that Jesus lived his life and and modeling my my life after those kind of things. Like David brought up, that's what it was like to be a disciple. You would follow and live the way that he lived in his pattern of life. That doesn't mean you have to be homeless like Jesus was, but it does mean when Jesus says he's going off in lonely places often, then there should be times where you go off in lonely places often, you know when Jesus knew the scripture in and out, when, when, if you cut Jesus, he bled scripture. He's quoting it while he's getting nailed in the cross. How do you ever try to memorize scripture? You know, those kind of things. Those are, those are practices that end up shaping your internal desires so that without thinking about it, you do good things. That's the goal.
0: Yeah. Um, I think a I heard a guy say this one time is we often think that being a Christian means getting information into our prefrontal cortex. So that's the part of your brain that is interpreting like the words that I'm saying right now. That's the way that you learn. But really what our goal is, is trying to get following Jesus into our limbic system. So that's like your automatic response system, you know, like your reflexes. Um, and there's a lot of in- fantastic neuroscience in there about how, you know, we think in two systems, you have system one thinker, which is just everything on autopilot. And then you assist- then you have your second system of thinking, which we really got to focus on doing something. Every single one of you guys. And there they- myself included. We all want to stay in system one. Like we want to run on autopilot 24 seven. Um, and we want to try to get the way of Jesus into system one where we're not having to really exert and focus and think uh, about these things. Um, and it's what's cool is they did, they've done all these studies on like elite level athletes, not just pro athletes, but I mean, I'm talking like Lionel Messi, you know, is an incredible soccer player, Kobe Bryant, uh, before he passed, uh, you know, obviously Hall of Fame level basketball player. And they've, they hook their um, brain, they didn't hook their brain up, they put these sensors uh, on them or whatever, and they're measuring their brain activity while they're playing basketball or playing soccer. And what they found is, is these high level, super elite athletes, when they're out there playing, they're really not even thinking about what they're doing. They're not, they're not focusing on it, so to say. They're just, they're living and reacting because of so much training and repetition has propelled, propelled them to this elite level of athleticism in their, in their sport. And that's really kind of the goal, uh, is what, what could my life look like years down the road, decades down the road? training to be like Jesus versus just trying really hard. So, um, we want to give you guys kind of nine practices or disciplines to get started with coming on screen. Mark, I'm going to ask you to give just a one, maybe two sentence summary. We wanted to try to give you guys a picture of what it's like when me and Mark are having a conversation in his office in this third (laughs) session, because this is, this is what it's like. And we're both of us are prone to want to plumb the depths of the universe, but we want to leave time. So just really quick, Um, we're going to go through nine uh, practices here. And if you've never tried, if you've never heard any of this before, if you've never started, these are nine that are a great place to get started with. You know, don't try to maybe go for all nine at once, pick a couple, maybe three. um, And we're going to talk more about uh, maybe how you can select those. But let's start with the first one, Sabbath. What's Sabbath?
1: Yeah. Sabbath would be to pause and not work, but to rest and, and enjoy God and his creation.
0: Yeah, so picking one day a week that you're going to set aside to cease work and to focus on, focus on God. Second one, prayer.
1: Prayer would be conversation with God. I mean, and specifically, you know, you talk to him, but ask as well.
0: Number three would be solitude or sometimes called solitude and silence, but they're, they're one and the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, solitude and silence would be being alone with God. Spending time alone with God, no phone, no stimulation. In, in our culture, I know I am a, I'm a stimulation junkie. I feel like I always need something catching my attention, always telling me what to think. Mm-mm. No scrolling, no phone, not even reading a book. Silence and solitude. It, Jesus didn't necessarily have a book with him when he went to be alone.
0: Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one.
1: Uh, number four. And it's hard. It's actually very, very hard. Try to sit in complete silence. I mean, maybe some of you guys can, but man, when I, when I try to sit in silence, in solitude, all by myself in silence with no, as quiet as possible for 15 minutes, it can feel like agony actually. Because you know what happens? A lot of my like internal, the things I think about, the things I'm worried about, they come up and I got to deal with them. But
0: yeah, it's interesting. When Jesus retreated out to the wilderness for 40 days, he went out to the wilderness to fight the devil. Yeah. It wasn't like a vacation. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to go out and fight the devil.
1: <laughs> his fight probably looks different than mine, but right. I should work towards looking like
0: his. Right. Number four, scripture.
1: Right. Scripture, this would be knowing the Bible, reading the Bible. And, and you know what? It, it can be really helpful to, look, to, to try to memorize small passages, especially like ones that you know well, Psalm 23, memorizing, but also reading big chunks of scripture too. letting, letting a like read through all of one of the gospels, read through the whole, whole gospel of John in one sitting. Sometimes, you know, if all you do are read the verse of the day, if that's the majority of your scripture reading, that's like trying to shower with like drops. You're not going to get very clean every once in a while. You get big, big chunks, read through a gospel.
0: Yeah. Yep. Number six, community. She talked a lot about that.
1: Talked, talked a lot about it, man. We talked a lot about community, but at, at the very least, it's getting together and trying to be what the scripture says we ought to be in community. Be in each other's lives, serve each other, be family with one another, become friends with one another.
0: Uh, this one's uh, per, my, a personal favorite for me. This is an upstream habit, uh, which is what we'll talk about in a second, but um, hospitality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hospitality, you know, it's interesting the, the, the word hospitality comes from the idea of treating a stranger like they're, like they're your family, treating a stranger like, like you love them.
0: Yeah, I, I think just to get real specific with hospitality, uh, a great way to start practicing that is who are you going to eat lunch with yeah. this week, once a week? Um, man, we live in a time, like There's an epidemic of loneliness, um, out there. And what's so awesome is if you read through the kind of the middle section of Luke, Jesus is either always eating with someone and he's always on his way to go eat with someone, or he's inviting himself over to someone else's house to eat dinner.
1: Inviting himself over. That's good.
0: And then all Invite the, yourself over to somebody's house. Yeah. And then all of the parables that are in that section are all centered around food.
1: Yeah, like this is a
0: savior I can follow. (laughs) He likes to eat. Yeah. So how are we? How are we demonstrating hospitality? How are we bringing people in uh, to our home? How are we sharing sharing meals? Um, I got to stop because I'm about to start another sermon. Uh, Number eight, generosity.
1: Yeah, generosity. It's not limited to financial giving, but it's definitely a big part of it. What 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 are the material things that I have that I can let go of, hold loosely to help other people with or to remind myself I, I don't need this the way that I think I do. This is not my security. But
0: Yeah, I experienced some generosity uh, last week. I was going through the Dairy Queen drive-thru for breakfast, which has a great breakfast by the way. Um, and the guy in front of me paid, paid for my breakfast. And I get up and the kid at the window is like, hey, the guy in front of you paid, paid for your breakfast. And I was like, that's awesome. But can I pay for the person behind me? And they were like, yeah, they're like, you're like the sixth person now to do that. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. And I was like, that's how generosity works. When you're generous, it, it builds. So it would be awesome to see. To, it, I mean, just imagine like in our community, if we just started hearing stories like, man, I went through the drive, like once a week, I go through the drive through and somebody else paid for my breakfast because of the impact the Ridge has had, or it doesn't even have to be about the Ridge, the impact that Jesus has had yeah, right. on the community. Uh, Number nine, last one, simplicity.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, simplicity would be just trying to live more simply. You know, uh, a practical way to practice simplicity would be decide a period of time you're not gonna buy stuff that you don't need, absolutely need.
0: Yeah, I tried to, uh, (laughs) right after Christmas, Christmas is a heavy time of consumerism uh, in our country, in case you didn't know that. Um, So I was like, you know what? from Christmas until Valentine's Day, because I would feel bad if I didn't buy my wife something for Valentine's Day. I was like, I'm just not going to buy anything. That's not essential. I'm just going to see if I can do it, yeah. you know? And at first it was going great. Um, and then I went on a fishing trip and I threw about $20 worth of tackle into the top of a tree and I had to cut my leader. And I was like, well... I'm done, I'm done fishing. Was, <laughs> what's going to win? My desire to fish or my desire for simplicity? Cause I have to go buy more tackle and I made a commitment that I'm not going to buy anything that's not essential and tackle isn't essential. So it's mm. not always easy, Todd. It's not always easy. Not always following easy, easy. Following Jesus. Effort. Um, but we just, like I said, guys, we wanted to just try to give you guys just a primer on how to get started. So again, the difference in this just being like a great conference that you went to where you got some food, won some prizes and heard some good teaching is really where you're going to take it um, with this. So um, we don't want to leave you guys out to dry. So we've given you guys a ton of tools here. So um, first off is you have your intentional spiritual formation plans in front of you that we've been talking about. And in a second, we're going to go to lunch um, and then we're going to give you guys more time to eat. But then I hope you keep working on it and talk as you guys are eating. So, I mean, we planned this on purpose where you can literally share some community, practice some community, practice some hospitality Uh, with each other. You can talk about teaching, you can talk about scripture, you can talk about all these things um, together with one another. And then on the back of that sheet, um, Mark, do you mind handing me a spare one there? On the back of that sheet, you guys will notice there's a a funnel. I wanna quickly take you through this funnel. And this is what also I would like to invite you guys to begin working on here. But honestly, you probably are gonna need more time to work on this at home later. Um, So if we can kind of start at the bottom of that funnel, um, we're going to talk about as we work our way up short-term time and short-term goals, all the way up to our long-term time commitment, and long-term goals. So first this is ISF. That just stands for intentional spiritual formation plan. That's what we've been talking about. So you want to create, you want to become aware of that and then create a plan for it. And then you want to work your way up to what kind of teaching, what kind of ways of teaching can I introduce to in my life? Then let's try an upstream practice. So what's an upstream practice that's easy for you? Mark made a great point that because of your you know, environment or your temperament, some of these are gonna be way easier. Hospitality, real easy for me and my wife to like want to practice uh, in there. Um, fasting, Sabbath, very, very hard uh, for us to want to implement and to keep in our life. So that would be a downstream practice. So what could be great for you is walking away from this is identifying off that list of nine, man, what's one upstream practice that I'm, I'm good at? that I want to really focus on? And then what's one that's hard for me? What's one that's going to be difficult? What's one that's, that I'm going to need and that kind of gets near closer to the top of that? I'm going to need community to hold me accountable and to encourage me uh, through all of that. So when we look at um, this, this annual discipleship or this annual spiritual formation plan, how is that over a long period of time going to get me to Christ-likeness and the fruit of the Spirit, the end result of what we're, what we're looking for. And then uh, down at the bottom, um, we've just given you guys some helpful prompts and some questions there to help you think through that. So as we get ready to go to lunch in a second, you know I want you guys to continue working here on the front, the front of the sheep. Uh, but then also, once you get through there, there's more stuff for you guys to work through on the back. So again, lots of, lots of great stuff for you to work on. Um, past that, um, we've created a five-week five session, uh, intro to discipleship course that we do through, uh, right now media. And that's going to take you through actually one of the books that we gave away the ruthless elimination of hurry. And that book gives you, or that study is going to give you a great overview of four of these disciplines, Sabbath prayer, silence and solitude and simplicity. So it'd be fantastic. If you guys, you can do it on your own it'd be even better. If you could circle up with a few guys, uh, that, you know, uh, and do that and then pass that, write this website down, uh, www.practicingtheway.org. This is an organization that has created some great um, four-week video-based, video-driven teachings on the different disciplines. Right now they have two out, one on Sabbath, one on prayer, and they have another one coming out on fasting uh, next month. So it would be, again, even better if you could grab two, three, four other guys and commit and say, hey, let's meet for four weeks, and let's go through this teaching, and it gives you a lot of stuff to work on. How can I go from zero to at least practicing something when it comes to these spiritual uh, disciplines in there? How can I go from not doing anything about my discipleship to something? So um, we got just a few minutes here, Uh, so uh, I think we want to try to take some questions here if we can. Todd's going to be our